0: fearless Because Christ Jesus Who is the sovereign Lord of this universe is Lord in your life, and he is in control and nothing will defeat you But if you happen to be one of those persons Who parades the name of Jesus around and calls him your Lord? Oh, yes Lord But you do not submit to his lordship. He says you're like a man who builds his house upon the sand. Same floods are coming. The same torrential storms are going to beat. And the winds are going to harass your life. Storms, the winds, the torrents of life. And he says, when it happens, because you simply talked about it, but you didn't practice it, he said the consequences are going to be ultimate failure and disappointment. Why do you think Jesus desires to be Lord? Because he wants to dictate over your life and tell you what to do. That's not the reason. Do you know why he came as Lord? He came as Lord because he loves you. He wants to be Lord because he knows that submitting to his Lordship, listen, is always. Not sometimes, but always. Always, 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 always for our best when we submit to His Lordship. Always for our good. So He came not only to be my Savior, He came to live within us as our Savior, our Lord. We have the divine Guider on the inside, the divine Provider on the inside. We have omnipotence living inside of us, God Himself living inside of us. He came to be the Lord of our life. In that big house of yours, have you opened all the doors to all the rooms so that Jesus has access and full authority in every area of your life? Or, my friend, is there one room that you've locked? My dear friend, do you realize that a room like that in your house could ultimately destroy the whole house? So let me ask it again. Is there any room in your life to which you're still holding the key? If it is, you need to lay it down today. Tell the Lord Jesus Christ, you've unlocked the last room, and there's the key, and he can have it, and you don't ever want it again because you want no area of your life in which he is not to rule and to reign as a sovereign Lord. Did you know that as long as you have one room still locked, that it affects the atmosphere of the whole house? As long as you have one room locked up so that the Lord is not welcome there, that all that God wants to bring upon that house in blessing is, it will always be limited until the last room is unlocked? Do you realize that all you want that house to become that is you, will always be limited until you unlock the last room. You see, it's the same Jesus who wants access to that room, my friend, who already knows what's in there. My plea to you, my friend, is get the key out. Unlock it by faith. Lay it down and walk away and let Jesus have access as the Lord to
1: every area of your life. If you've locked Jesus out of an area of your life, then you've also locked out the full joy, peace, and fulfillment you could have. Take Dr. Stanley's message to heart and open yourself completely to the Lord and allow Him to instruct your life. If the Jesus you know is mostly associated with the Christmas story, then we invite you to visit our website, intouch.org, to learn more about who He is and why He came to live as one of us. And to listen again, click on Today on Radio on our homepage. Open our online bookstore if you'd like to order a copy of today's complete message, Our Lord. It's also included in the teaching set, Good News of Great Joy. Again, that's InTouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. You can write to us at InTouch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. Most people know that Jesus was a miracle worker, but it's also important to know what the miracles demonstrate. Today's Moment with Charles Stanley is coming up. Dad, Dad. What, buddy?
0: Did you wear a grandma's gift?
1: You still want to get the same one we talked about last night?
0: Yes. I think
2: we got it. Merry Merry Christmas!
0: Christmas. Come on in. Oh,
2: Oh, thank you, Nolan. The prayer blanket. The prayer blanket. (laughs) Merry Christmas, buddy. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, Christmas is a time of sharing. Go to intouch.org slash store to find gifts that bless for the Christmas season. In our spiritual journey, we often have questions. How do I know God's will for my life? Does God hear my prayers? Why do bad things happen? The answers are found in the Word of God. But how do we know where to start? The free In Touch Devotional can help point you in the right direction with biblically based content from Dr. Charles Stanley. You'll gain insight and wisdom through daily devotions, Bible studies, and more. The In Touch Devotional, delivered monthly to your mailbox. Subscribe for free at intouch.org/daily.
1: You're listening to In Touch. What do the miracles of Jesus, recorded in the New Testament, tell us about Him? Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. Jesus could say, demon,
0: come out of him. And immediately the demons would come out. Jesus could say to a person, sick of leprosy, their body showing the disintegration of the disease of leprosy. And Jesus could simply say, be healed. Those two words came out of the divine authority of the sovereign Lord of this universe. Be healed. Jesus never said be healed to anyone who is not healed because he spoke out of divine authority given to him to be sovereignly executed. That is, there can never be anything that stands between God and his perfect will. That listen, there is not anything in all of existence, never has been, that could stand before the sovereign power of Almighty God. Out on the sea, the storm blowing the waves against the ship and the apostles were frightened. They woke him up and they said, we we're about to sink and what did he do? He did not say, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? He stood up in that ship and he looked at a cross that night which was light to him and he said to those waves beating upon that ship, peace. Be still. Can you imagine what must have flooded their souls? This man spoke to waves. Demons, yes. Sickness, yes. But I mean, he spoke to the waves of the sea. And listen, three simple words. Peace. Be still. And even the waves of the sea just flatten out. And everything is glassy calm. You know why? Because standing in that ship was the God who created the seas. Standing in that ship was the God who created the wood that formed that boat. Standing in that ship was Almighty God exercising His sovereignty over the seas, which He Himself created. My friend, whether you acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord or not, He
1: is Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ condescended to reach down to you and me, offering us our only hope to reach God. Humbly ask Him to forgive your debt of sin and receive Him as your Savior today. Learn more at Intouch.org. And if you have a story about how God's grace has touched you through this program, we'd love to hear it. Tomorrow on Intouch, Jesus is Savior, Messiah, Lord. Thursday, we'll hear one more piece of the good news of great joy, Jesus is also our life. I hope you'll join us then for In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this
2: station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Last week, the presidents of Harvard University, the University of Pennsylvania, and MIT all refused to condemn calls for Jewish genocide as being bullying or harassment. While horrible anti-Semitic speech and behavior have long been defended on their campuses, this debacle occurred before the US Congress. The presidents attempted to appeal to free speech rights, differentiating between speech and conduct via statements that were obviously crafted by their lawyers. Their comments shocked and outraged many. Penn's president, after initially attempting to walk back her comments, resigned. Harvard's president quickly apologized, while the MIT board of directors issued a statement in support of their president. A survey conducted last year by the College Fix found that 33 out of 65 academic departments across the nation lacked a single Republican professor. Given this virtual monopoly, progressive academics should be confident enough to allow dissenting voices on their campuses every now and then. However, we've seen now years of conservative speakers being canceled and shouted down. It's now clear that many progressives only really wish to hear their own voices. And some professors have even resorted to denouncing free speech as a kind of threat to their campus dominance. Recently, a pair of faculty members from Arizona State University wrote an essay in the Chronicle of Higher Education. It was entitled, and I'm not making this up, quote, Dear Administrator, enough with the free speech rhetoric, it concedes too much to right-wing agendas. In the piece, Richard Amesbury and Catherine O'Donnell argue that, quote, cause for greater freedom of speech on campuses, however well-intentioned, risk undermining college's central purpose, end quote. Which, according to them, by the way, is, and I quote again, the production of expert knowledge and understanding. In their view, not all opinions ought to be heard. Even opinions from dissenting experts because not all opinions, they say, are equally valid. According to these professors, opinions that are valid are, and I quote again, the product of rigorous and reliable disciplines like the humanities, disciplines that include and often prioritize the study of race and gender. We should no more expect a humanities department to hire a dissenting voice, they argue, than a biology department to hire a creationist or a geography department to host a flat earther. In other words, woke ideologies are now above questioning according to these professors. This not only is an example of circular reasoning, but the result is an echo chamber, not an education. Polling confirms that institutions of higher learning are suffering right now from a public credibility crisis. According to a recent Gallup poll, just 36% of Americans hold confidence in higher education, which is down 21 points since 2015. It's impossible to look at what's happened on campuses over the last decade or even before Congress just last week and not conclude that this has more than a little to do with the so-called products of the left-wing so-called experts. Ideas have consequences and bad ideas have victims, and few institutions have propagated as many bad ideas and spat them into our society as our universities. Among the needs of the hour is the proliferation of Christian scholarship, of Christian higher education. I'm hopeful that last week's debacle before Congress is for Christian higher education what the 2020 school board videos in COVID online classrooms became for Christian K-12 schools, the best marketing they could have. However, that'll only be a win if the Christian colleges are truly Christian, truly colleges and truly Christian colleges. And unfortunately, that seems to be a shrinking group of institutions. May God continue to raise up men and women willing to seek and speak truth, no matter how many so-called experts are telling them to shut up. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Shane Morris. For more resources to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, go to breakpoint.org.